New Year's Day is an exciting time for a lot of people, right? It's a fresh beginning. It's an opportunity to start something new. And I know a lot of people make resolutions, right, to be better versions of themselves, right? We're going to be healthier. We're going to be more organized. We're going to be fiscally responsible. And the list goes on and on. Right? Others, some make, some make resolutions. I know, like we were talking in our meeting earlier, like, uh, Barbara, our organist, has been done with resolutions for a while, right? Uh, maybe you feel that way. Maybe, you, like, resolutions, not my thing. But maybe you're a planner, right? Others, we make plans for the future. What trips are we going to take this year? What goals do we want to pursue? What do I want to learn about this year? And still others, we might focus on using that newfound Christmas money to buy the tools needed to keep those resolutions or to make those goals, but New Year's Day is an opportunity to leave the past behind and to look forward to the future. Of course, we've all experienced times when our resolutions didn't hold up, right? We swore up and down that we'd lose the weight, but it's the middle of January and the bed is so inviting and the gym would be so cold. And we, we, we know we wanted to be more responsible, but mm, old habits die hard. And over the past few years, we've all watched as our plans were crushed by canceled flights, family sickness, and economic downturn. And for many folks, the new year is not a time of excitement, but a time of dread, right? Instead of hoping for the best, we're, we've been conditioned to brace for the worst. 2020 brought COVID to the world. 2021 gave us the great winter freeze that took months for us to recover from. 2022 was marked with inflation and war. It's easy to become jaded, become fearful about what 2023 might bring. And as much as we'd like to plan the future, the truth is we don't know. We have no idea what this year is going to hold. Only God knows whether this time next year, 2023, is going to go down in our books as a boom or a bust. It might be a banner year of achievements, or it could be a difficult slog through trials and loss. Maybe it'll be an uneventful year, right? A routine year marked by our birthday and no other major changes or shifts. Wouldn't that be nice? We don't know. We don't know what the future is. We can't see it. And it reminds me uh, of how the Old Testament Israelites talked about the past and the future. Because for them, you walk backwards into the future with your eyes focused on the past. That might be weird for you to hear. So the word for front in Hebrew is kadem. But front also means past or olden days. So, and really this makes perfect sense when you think about it for a bit, because the past is what we've already experienced. It's what we've already seen, right? So the past is not behind us. It's not hidden from us. It's in front of us. It's before our eyes. And the same thing goes for the future, because the Hebrew word for future is akharit, and that means behind or at the back. And just like we can't see what's behind us, we can't see the future. And so it's hidden from us. It's at our backs. And so we walk backwards into the future with our eyes 
on the past. We can see what has been. And while it can give us some insight into what's coming, the future remains uncharted territory. And at first glance, that can make us apprehensive. We naturally fear the unknown, and that's what is coming. A whole year of the unknown. What shift? What might shift in our family dynamic? Will a loved one die? Will we have a baby or a grandchild? What will our nation look like this year? Will our jobs stay secure? How might our church or our school change this year? And with so many questions swirling in our heads, I wonder, I wonder if our appetite for resolutions and planning, goal setting, is actually a form of kind of a coping mechanism, right? To make ourselves feel just a little bit more in control of an unknown future. Now, that's not to say that planning is bad at all. No, it's great. It's a good and healthy thing to do. I'm just saying it's a natural reaction when things seem unclear for us to try to come up with some kind of a plan. So then how should we approach this unknown future that is 2023? Well, if our eyes are on the past, then let's look far into the distant past to the account of Joshua. He was the successor for the great hero of faith, Moses. And while Moses had the responsibility of bringing and taking God's people to the very brink of the promised land, it was Joshua who had the honor of leading them into it. And while we have this vantage point of what that time period was like, we see all the great victories that are about to happen for God's people when Joshua and leads the people into this promised land. But for them, from their perspective, it probably was a mix of emotions. Because on the one hand, this was the end of a 40-year-long journey. It was the culmination of God's promise all the way to Abraham some 500 years prior. The people had been anticipating this day for centuries. And now it was here. There must have been an extreme amount of excitement. But at the same time, there were a lot of unknowns. Right? None of them had ever seen anything but wilderness wandering. So while they knew how to set up tents and make fires, they didn't have much knowledge of running cities and nation building. And their leader, who had established everything, who had helped deliver them from Egypt, who had led them through the wilderness for 40 years, he was gone. And he was replaced by Joshua, the quiet sidekick, who was untested in his leadership ability. The one thing, amidst all these things that were unknown, the one thing that they did know was that this new land was full of big, strong people who lived in fortified cities. That was what they knew 40 years prior. And the people were convinced when they saw that, that the land was not worth taking over, because it could not be done. And now, here they are again at the edge, at the brink, and they look and they see the same thing. The situation hasn't changed much. But in light of all of these unknowns, in light of all these potential dangers, God comforts Joshua. He comforts all of the people. 
In our first reading, we heard some of those comforting words. Right? He tells them that even though they're entering into uncharted territory, that there's no need for concern because they have a trustworthy guide, the Lord himself. Because the Lord will be with them. To put it another way, God says this to them. He says, your circumstances are about to change, but I never will. So don't be afraid. Things will change. God will not. Do not be afraid. And what God tells Joshua as he's about to enter into this new land is equally fitting for us as we enter into this new year. Because like Joshua, new territory is in sight. It's on the horizon. We're not exactly sure what to expect. And so God steps in. He tells us what to expect. He says, as as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And a few verses later, he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So though this year is new, Though our circumstances may change, though our goals may shift, our God remains the same. As the scriptures remind us, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, descendants of of Jacob, are not destroyed. That's Malachi 3. Or in Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The Lord is steadfast in his love and faithfulness. So even though we're walking into uncharted territory... We need not fear, for we have a trustworthy guide, the Lord himself. Because we have the promise of his presence, we can move into this new year with strength and with courage and with the assurance that whatever paths the Lord may lead us down, he will not forsake us. We might be walking backwards into the future, but we're not walking alone. In fact, this posture of walking backwards into the future with our eyes on the past actually gives us this great new ability that we can see the faithfulness of God. We can look at the past and see how God has brought us through trials and through hardships. We can observe the fact that he has remained faithful to us, even in the midst of our unfaithfulness. We can look back at the track record of God who keeps his promises who remains with us. As we reflect on this past year, even on this past decade, the ups, the downs, the blessings, the hardships, the unexpected things that derailed our plans and goals, one thing, in the midst of all of those shifting things, one thing was constant. The faithful love that God has for us. Of the many ways that God has expressed and has demonstrated that love for us. The clearest, of course, is Jesus Christ. The scriptures remind us that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we were the ones who caused our plans to be derailed, even when we were the ones who screwed up our lives or whatever, even in then, Christ died for us. Even when we were enemies of God, sinners against God, he died for us. 
And one week ago, one week ago today, we celebrated, we remembered how God's love came to us in the form of a baby born in Bethlehem. That God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be our savior. And that baby of Bethlehem grew up to be the man of sorrows. To be the one who would carry our sin and our shame to the cross. And Christ, though he's the king of the universe, lovingly, sacrificially, offered his life in our place. And there on that cross, as Jesus suffered, as he bled, he exclaimed, it is finished. And it was. And it still is. Everything necessary for us to spend eternity in his kingdom was completed. And his resurrection three days later proclaimed that not only was it finished, but it was accepted. Not only is his suffering over, but ours will be too. Not only is his life everlasting, but ours will be too. His love is for us. This promise is for us. His faithfulness is to us. It reminds me of that hymn, What Wondrous Love Is This? And the simplified lyrics uh, of that song share the gospel this way. It says, What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul. When I was sinking down, Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. And now when death I'm free, I'll sing his love for me. And through all eternity, I'll sing on. His faithful love has been extended to us by his grace. And though it's not a love that we can fully understand, it's a love that we are constantly living in. It's this love of God displayed in Christ that caused Paul to say in our second reading in Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he concludes, he concludes with, here's what's going to separate us from the love of Christ, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What separates us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Nothing can. Nothing will. The cross and the empty grave assures us of that. Assures us that his love will never leave us and will never forsake us. And he hasn't done it in the past and he won't do it in in this year ahead. His love is for us and his faithfulness is towards us. Just as the Lord has delivered us from sin and from death and through the cross of Christ, so also he provides for us, he guides us, and he protects us through his Holy Spirit. Now as we enter into a new year that is filled with uncertainties, let's take a look at those three promises, his provision, his guidance, and his protection. And may these promises give us hope as we walk backwards into the future. First, he provides for us. In Psalm 37, and I know I don't have it printed here, but in Psalm 37, we hear this promise uh, when, when the psalmist says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. In, our, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us this, right? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be given to you as well. In both of these texts, they tell us the same thing. That as we keep things in proper perspective, 
with our eyes on the past, on the faithful love of God, with our eyes on the faithful love of God, we have nothing to worry about. Because God will provide daily bread for his people. Second, he guides us. In Psalm 73, we hear, you guide me in your counsel, and afterward you'll take me into glory. As we spend time in the word of God, as we prayerfully seek his will, he will direct our paths. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. So as we walk with our backs to an uncertain future, we're called to simply trust, to trust the Lord, that he will guide us. And not only that, but third, he will protect us. Now that's not to say that 2023 is going to be without trouble, without danger, without sorrow. Of course not. Jesus tells us that we'll have trouble. But he also says to not let it overwhelm us, to not let it cause us despair, but instead that we are to take heart. Because God's going to work through it. And he's going to bring us through it. Whatever the Lord allows to come into our lives will somehow serve his glory and our highest good. That's the promise we hear in Romans chapter 8 earlier in the text. In fact, those of you who have lived long enough, you'll know how often trouble can bring us into a closer and deeper relationship with our Lord. Many of us can look back on our lives, and now we thank God for not answering our prayers the way that we originally asked him to. Because where we thought back then that he's failed us somehow, or he's not been protecting us, or he's been withholding something from us, now we look back and we can see that he was actually working and preparing for something greater and deeper. A better blessing that we had never have imagined. He provides for us. He guides us. He protects us. And all of these assurances, all of these promises together, and we see the faithful love of God for us. And so as we walk backwards into this year of change and uncertainty, believe in these promises. Embrace them. Cling to them tightly. Keep them continually in front of your eyes. That's what our first reading in Joshua talks about, right? Put the word of God in front of your face. See the promise and the faithfulness of our God. And the result is that we will find ourselves unafraid. And instead of dreading the new year, we'll look for the ways in which God is going to glorify his name. Because he has been faithful. And he will continue to be faithful. So even though you're entering into uncharted territory, you have a trustworthy guide. And things will change, but God will not. So do not be afraid. Because the Lord will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. And these strong, comforting, reassuring words held true for Joshua as he entered into the promised land. They also hold true for us as we enter into another new year. Let's pray. Lord God, what a blessing to know that you go with us into this new year. As we plan, as we make goals, may our desire be to glorify you, to seek out your will. And when the troubles of life come, when uncertainty looms, 
May we trust in your faithfulness, in your grace, and in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. And we continue our worship with the gathering of our offerings.